It's April, and spring is in full swing here in northern Arizona. It's a great time for an uplift, and nothing says uplift more than a spring cleanse. Now, I know what you're thinking, a cleanse. Isn't that where you drink lemon juice all day? But no, Ayurveda has a wonderful plan for a spring cleanse that purifies and clarifies by removing all that heavy buildup from the prior months without starvation or sacrifice. It'll refresh and boost your physical being and your spirit so that you can feel invigorated, more cheerful, and inspired as you move into this new spring season. I'm calling this podcast the Tissue Uplift because that covers the letter T in you in this Ayurveda alphabet game I've set for myself. Welcome to your journey on Wellness Way. My name is Kim Lewix. I'm a registered yoga instructor through Yoga Alliance and a certified Ayurvedic wellness counselor. On this podcast, we will discuss ways for enhancing our health through nutrition, fitness, aromatherapy, bodywork, daily routines, and the general connection of mind, body, and spirit. My goal is to share my past and current explorations in the systems of yoga and Ayurveda, which is the ancient traditional science of life, to create more joy, more vibrancy, sustainability, and longevity for ourselves, and for our community. Please join me on Wellness Way. Welcome. Before we go into the details of a spring refresh, I want to give you some idea of what the physical body needs for refreshing, according to Ayurveda. I've introduced you to the doshas, Vada, Pitta, and Kapha in episode number five. And I've introduced the functional energies that they govern. But now I want to touch on the physiology or the tissues or structure of these energies, Vada, Pitta, and Kapha. Each of the doshas, Vada, Pitta, and Kapha, have a group of sub-doshas that are contained within our physiological structure. These subdoshas have particular actions that govern and affect our organs and our structure. These actions are still related to the primary quality of each dosha, um, and those are vada has movement as its primary action, pitta has transformation, and kapha has construction. So I'm going to take these one at a time and go through each um, dosha's group of sub-doshas so you're getting a better idea of how these doshas act in um, a structural way. Vata's sub-doshas correspond to a movement's specific direction or a wind direction called vayu in Sanskrit. So because vata is all about movement, each subdosha is governing a specific direction of that movement. There's movement from the outside of our bodies to the inside of our bodies, and this is known as our pranavayu, or the movement of things 
coming into the body. And those are things like breath, sensory perceptions, food, drink, and the emotions that we take in. And these, this subdosha's main organ or structure that it governs is the brain, the lungs, the heart, and then some of the organs of sensing, which are the throat, tongue, nose, and ears. Vada's second subdosha is the upward and outward movement. And this direction is called the udana vayu. And it mainly connects to the respiratory system because its action controls exhalation and also expression. Or you can just simply remember it as things we expel from our bodies. The third direction or vayu is called samana, and it's also called the balancing wind. Its direction is from the outside to the inside. And it's also the meeting point of things coming from outside and moving downward. Um, This movement is primarily for our digestion, and it's the action of absorption and kindling, like kindling the fire of digestion. So the fourth subdosha is the movement goes from the center to the outside. So it's the opposite of the digestive movement. Um, the viana vayu is for the circulatory system. So it moves blood, nutrients, emotions, and sweat from the digestive center outward to the rest of the body. And finally, vada's last win is the downward direction of movement, and it's called the apana vayu. It's characteristically vada because it's connected to the colon and the pelvic cavity, and those are the well-known vada structures. Um, The apana vayu removes or releases things downward and out, um, so it's responsible for our waste movement, labor, and childbirth. And this vayu, because it's the main vada vayu, is the wind that nourishes all the other winds or vayus. So those are uh, the vada subdoshas. Again, they're corresponding to movement, right? And each one is connected to a specific direction or flow or wind, if you want to call it that. Now the second dosha, pitta, has a main action of transformation. Um, You can also say it's converting and it digests. Those are all sort of the same thing. Its subdoshas are the brain and the heart where ideas and thoughts and desires get processed or converted. Um, It also has a subdosha called the eyes where images get converted And another one of its subdoshas is the small intestine and the lower part of the stomach. And these are the quintessential pitta organs for digestion. And um, now you know that vada also has a digestive area. I talked about the samana direction of movement. Um, So you can understand how these dosha energies have to work together for us to be healthy and functioning. Pitta is also connected to the skin and the regulation of temperature and the way that the skin transforms heat to sweat and the conversion of other elements or other 
um, substances that try to enter the body through the skin. And finally, the, the last subdosha for pitta is the liver. And this is connected to pitta because it's the master organ for detoxification. And it's the primary transformation method for food, blood, urine, and feces. And now we come to the kapha dosha and its subdoshas. Kapha is the master energy of construction, stabilization, and lubrication. And its subdoshas are the brain, the mouth, the lungs, the stomach, which is that third part of the digestive system, and the joints. Because these <clears throat> are the structures and the organs for protection, moisture, lubrication, nourishment, cushion, and cohesion. And the kapha's tissues are going to be our main topic for today's discussion on spring cleanse. The kapha time is energetically and physically connected to the season of spring. In a typical spring, again, every region is different, February to May, the snow is melting if you have snow. There's more moisture and a buildup of heaviness from the winter months um, happens during this time. The atmosphere, for the most part, is mostly cloudy. And all of these attributes contribute to the cool, moist, and heavy qualities of kapha. It's when we near the end of this season... Right, the end of the winter, the beginning of spring, that the kapha begins to accumulate because it melts and increases in quantity. And many of our tissues, when they accumulate their fluids and structurally, they have that, that kapha quality as well. The fluids mostly, right, within us, of course. The spring season is the season also for allergies, and that also brings a fluid buildup in the form of phlegm, which is always greater at this season. But our muscles, our fat, our bone marrow, and reproductive fluids are all connected to the kapha energy, and they form oiliness, sweat, and stickiness. After all, we are mostly made of water. So this season can create quite a buildup of tissue fluids for us. In order to balance these accumulated qualities, we need to get lighter, warmer, and drier. And this will alleviate or counteract the kapha energy of heavy, cold, and wet. And the number one way we can balance these accumulated qualities is by eating more baked, broiled, or grilled foods and by avoiding the heavier, moist, and cold foods such as cheeses, ice creams, and yogurts. And some examples for spring drinks would be spiced teas with ginger, cinnamon, and clove. 
So in this season, warm water, not cool water, is best, and never ice water, remember. In general, we should avoid the tastes of sweet, salty, and sour because these are cooling and they consist of the water and or the earth elements. And those are the same elements that the kapha dosha possesses. So instead, you should add more spices that are pungent, astringent, and bitter. And we covered the subject of tastes um, in episode 18. So if you'd like some background info and more food suggestions for kapha, uh, tune into that podcast. Personally, the spring season is when I move toward a different type of asana practice, which is another way of balancing the accumulated dosha. One that is done in a more uplifting and active manner is best for me during this season. So I move from the restorative postures of winter, which are more supine, supported, slow, relaxing, held postures, to the brisk and moving poses of spring. This is a good season to practice a flow like sun salutations or other postures put together with the breath. And other pauses might be good to strengthen the upper body and the respiratory system. So back bends and good structurally standing postures are are good during the season. A pranayama practice is also appropriate for the season because it moves the muscles of the upper chest and abdomen and the back so that you can hone the, the muscles of the breath that work the breath and increase the movement and the volume of the air in the lungs so that the lungs can be healthier and stronger. In general, for your lifestyle during this season, try to create more variation. Kapha energy tends to stagnate. It tends to get very slow and methodical and congested. And finally, a cleanse is ideal for this time to remove blockages and get things flowing out of the body. Personally, I find that a mono diet of cooked mung beans and rice to be ideal. It's called kitchari in Ayurveda. I mix in the appropriate spices, and these are more spring spices, more pungent, astringent, and bitter spices. Um, And because I have personally more vada energy on board, I do a shorter spring cleanse because I already have more dry, light, and cool qualities to deal with. And these are the balancing ones for the kapha energy. But in general, I would start any cleanse by avoiding heavy foods such as dairy, sweets, meat, and grains for the first week. And then the second week, I would do a three to five day menu of the kitchari, which is the mung beans and rice. And I mix those with Again, the spring blends of spices like ginger, cinnamon, turmeric, and then some of the more pungent flavors of red pepper, flakes, and black pepper as well. 
Be sure, though, to follow along this week on my Instagram, which is underscore wellness underscore way, um, because I'm going to be moving through my spring cleanse routine this week. And so you'll get a lot more details of how I do it, what I do. Um, I'll put a link for my Instagram in the show notes for you as well. Next week, I'm excited to introduce the concept of Vastu, which is the ancient Ayurvedic practice of aligning and balancing the energies within your home. I'll provide some tips for redecorating or redesigning your individual rooms so that you can find more productivity and harmony for you and your loved ones. Stay tuned and happy spring. <laughs>